Geek Out Loud is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash geekout. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player of your choice. Audibletrial.com slash geekout. Help us out, guys. Come on. Come on, help us out. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, Aaron Schoenevice is with us as we catch up on some Pass the Corn. We got a lot of popcorn to eat on this one. It's your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud. This is episode 165, and it's a past the corn episode, so you know what we got to do. We got to bring in my brother from another mother. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way up on the East Coast, the man with the plan himself, Eric Schoenweiss. What's up, my brother? What's going on, bro? How you doing, man? Uh, man, just playing you on a little bit of Raider stuff here. Love it. So- Love it. <laughs> hey love it why am i echoing uh it's probably just on your end it's probably just skype sending you back around don't skype send me back around skype don't bring me down um skype has been a jerk lately on all fronts so uh skype in the words of the great stephen colbert you're on notice wag of my finger yep to you skype um Erish, it's good to have you back on because it's been so long since we've it been together. Been too long. It has been since before Thanksgiving. Exactly. And there's the train. It's all is right with the world. Choo choo. All- <laughs> We're is- gonna hear like five more of those before the show is over. <laughs> That's what I like to hear, man. Hey, um, number one, everyone, I want to apologize for the quality of my voice. It's not up to its usual uh pipey self because not its usual sexy self yeah um maybe maybe it's a little more so because i've got that rasp going it's uh it's that it's that season uh the the weather has finally changed around here and and with it uh my body's like well we're gonna revolt for a day or two so uh so i just want to apologize from the outset i usually hate it when people do that they're like i apologize for the sound of my voice but i feel like it needs to be done um the other thing, Eric, I want to bring up to you because I know you're a bit of a Lego fan. Yes, sir. That, that you like the Legos. I have never in my life bought uh, a Star Wars Lego set. Oh, 
Isn't that crazy? What? Yeah, until until the other day, I was in the local Walmart here, checking the aisles for the old... Uh, honestly, my big search lately has been the Black Series 6-inch uh, Captain Phasma. And so... Uh, so I'm so I'm always going and checking the the toy aisles for that, but then I walk up and down the clearance aisle too, just to see what what's there. And they had um, the Phantom from Star Wars Rebels, the little ship yep. that goes in the ghost. They had it on clearance as well as one uh, one ghost on clearance for. Please a, tell me you got them both because if you price. got them both, you can connect them. Yeah, I did get them both. Nice. I did get them both. I have put together the Phantom. I hadn't put together the ghost yet. Can't beat Walmart discount Legos. That's right. That's right. So it's the first time I ever bought any Star Wars Legos, and and I totally when I all I, like I say all I've done is put together the fan the Phantom, and it has uh, an Ezra minifig and a Chopper mm-hmm. minifig, and just the Chopper minifig alone, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get yeah. why people collect these things. Because- See, I tend to not buy the big ships mm-hmm. because uh, I for me as a collector. And I mean, I'm like a casual collector with these. It's just the minifigures, really, that right, I want. Right, right. Um, and so Lego has gotten smart in the last few years in that they put out smaller, low price sets. And when I say a low price for Lego, it's like, you know, in the $15 to $20 range. But it'll right. be like a couple speeder bikes and then like five figures that right. come with it. And so those have been more the ones that I've been sure. buying. Well, although I want the first order Tie Fighter, I got this one. I got this because I don't think that Hasbro's ever going to put one out, and so it's the closest mm. I can get to a good sized, you know, toy. Yeah, and, yeah, we've um, probably missed the boat now on Hasbro putting out. Well, it's interesting because um, I was in the store the other day and I saw an Ezra Bridger on a Force Awakens style card, and he has his lightsaber. And it's the first Ezra figure they've released with his lightsaber. Right. Um, so I had to buy him. Even, of course Even did. though I have two. And, and of course, these Force Awakens figures come with a little piece, you know, that you build with the other piece. <sighs> kind of make a mini Voltron. I don't get that. I don't either, but because I have a disease, I, <laughs> yep. I had to buy another Kanan. And and then of course they had some Force Awakens, you know, uh, specific figures. They had uh, you know th- that little wave, and so picked all those up, of course, because like I say, I have a disease. But they've got a Rex coming out, a, a Rebel style Rex. I saw soon. that today on one of the fan sites. That looked pretty cool. Yes, yeah. So I, I'm, I like it just because he's got like a bit of a beer belly, so yeah. I might have to pick him up. Well, and there and Hasbro's also doing something pretty interesting because a lot of these characters they've put out that are specific to the force awakens to me just based on everything i know about star wars figures from back in the day and this has nothing to do with my knowledge of of the force awakens but to me it seems like several background players more than anything else um you know who may have a line here or there but but may or may not play big into the or they look cool they look cool yeah that was like the Return of the Jedi figures when yes uh, we you know you had to have Squid Face and right. Rikis and all these guys yes. who had no lines <laughs> in the movie and you barely saw them hey. yeah but they were still like some of my favorite figures oh man because they were such cool looking creatures well you go back to the to the first you know the first movie you had your Hammerhead and your Walrus Man and and your Snaggletooth. yeah you know these were these were Cantina patrons that you were just you know maybe in a shot. 
you know, a few frames. And, and this is the thing that Star Wars has always brought to collecting is that because of what Kenner did with those background characters back in the day, um, we, all of us collectors, have always just expected and demanded, yeah, you just give us background characters. We need them all. We need them. So give them to I us. I think that they should do a line of all the characters wearing metal bikinis. That I support that. <laughs> the metal bikini line. Job of the Hut, metal bikini. Uh, Porkins, metal bikini. <laughs> Rancor Keeper, metal bikini. Metal bikini. <laughs> nice. I... <laughs> I think that'd be great. I would, I would listen. I'd be on board. I would set aside a shelf in my Star Wars room. Just call it the Hut Slayer line. Yeah, yeah Hut the Slayer Rancor Keeper. That's right, <laughs> the Hut Slayer. Yes, yeah. That's how you do away with all the all the controversy. You just stop calling it Slave Leia and call it Hut Slayer Leia. Yeah. Oh my god. You just do a whole line of it so that everybody wears. Them. That's I right. Mean, how many guys do we see wearing metal bikinis at cons now? I mean, the next well, step, the next evol- step in this evolutionary saga is clearly a Hut Slayer metal bikini action figure line. Well, step into the wave. D two and C three PO in the metal bikinis. Step back into the Two-pack. step into the way back machine with me here. A couple of years ago, mm-hmm. there, there was a podcast. I don't know if these guys are still going or not. Uh, Media Junkyard. And they were good friends of mine through some other podcasts, and I would be on their show, you know, fairly regularly I'd go on. They were great, man. They had a great product they were doing. And uh, they had another listener who was always just torturing me. Like, he he was almost Daniel and Indy. Um, for those of you who are, you know, current members of the uh, Mixler Zoo crew and the Guardians of the Goldiverse. But this guy, his name was Tim. And he goes by on Twitter, shut up, Tim. And... And they used to do trivia challenges on on the Media Junkyard, and he challenged me to like a mega Star Wars trivia contest. And I forget what I had to do if I lost, but if he lost, he was going to Comic-Con that year in San Diego. He had to spend a day in a Leia bikini. Oh, so that's the guy I saw. Yeah, Did he have a beanie on? I don't know. This has been a few years ago. and uh, I see one of them a year. Dude, and he did it? He did it. He ended up on like this week in tech. He ended up all over the internet that week. And um, right, Steve, we need to not encourage guys to do that. Anymore. Well, you know, listen. And well, he the the last laugh was his. As a few weeks later in the mail, I got a package, and it was the the costume that he had wore around that day. Oh. <laughs> It was ceremonially burnt. Well, I hope you brought in like a level four hazmat decamp yeah, we, we, unit. We we ceremoniously burned it. So, um, yeah. It, so so you know I have contributed to that trend in the past. Uh, but anyhow, hey, listen. Before we get on too much further, we want to say if you want to support the show, <laughs> there's several ways you can do so. Of course, the Amazon links at Geek Out Podcast and GeekOutOnline.com. If you go to geekoutpodcast.com, up across the top of the page, um, you'll see two links. One says Goliverse Tees. This will take you to our Tee Public store that's just strictly Goliverse T-shirts. We're still working on getting that Pass the Corn shirt in there. Um, you can find the Geek Out Loud, the Disney Vault Talk, Mark Out Loud. Uh, several different T-shirts are available there. But then you'll also see a link that says Goliverse Tee Public Store. And when you click on that, it's T-shirts that are taken from all across Tee Public that have uh, that that have stuff to do strictly with a lot of what we talk about on this show. Everything from the wrestling to the Rocky 
to the Disney, to the Superman, to the Star Wars. It's all there. There's some great designs that are put there, and there'll be more added on a regular basis. And when you buy shirts from Public through that link and you buy those shirts from those pages, uh, it helps the shows out in a big, bad way. So you can you can support the show that way. You can also support the show directly through Patreon at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. And our featured supporter for this episode is the international man of mystery himself, Dominique Garant. No trap can hold him. No terrorist can evade him. No job is too big. No fee is too big for this international man of mystery. With a name like that, what did you expect? That's Dominique Garant, our featured supporter on this episode of Geek Out Loud. And one Are traps like part of his daily thing? Like he oh, yeah. wakes up in the morning and he has to be aware of traps? Well, he's actually a doctor. Doctors fall have that problem with traps? Well, think about it. Someone comes into your office and they're all like, oh, I have a, a problem with my tooth or I have a problem with this fingernail or something. And then he walks over to check it out and psh, I gassed you with poisonous gas. You know, he's got to be ready for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess so. so <laughs> and that's the sound effect they do. They go, psh, psh. And then they explain, you know, then they monologue a little bit and they eat. Um, so, but also uh, on January 23rd, Saturday, January 23rd, we're going to be doing our second annual marathon uh, with Cure Childhood Cancer. Uh, you can find out more about them at curechildhoodcancer.org. Uh, our goal this year will be to raise $3,000. We raised over 1500 last year, and I said, let's double it this year. So that's January 23rd. We'll be going all day into the night. So um, mark it down. We'll be live at mixer.com slash goalaverse that day. And uh, it's, it's always a great time when we do these marathons. And so looking forward to that. Just go ahead and circle it on your calendar. Uh, birthday weekend, can't think of anything better to do uh, than to give back a little bit to a, a great cause. We love the kids here at the Goaliverse, and, um, and we hate to see kids suffering. And so this is, this is going to curechildhoodcancer.org. And uh, we'll have a giving page set up and everything that day. Looking forward to that on January 23rd so i still think that was like you and i one of our best shows oh yeah that was our which indiana jones movie is the best that's one right. Conversation. that's right we did we had a great show on that, that was week. a great show yeah. so much fun everyone brings their a game for the marathons man the first we ever the first time we did it was kind of selfish we did it to launch the patreon and and i said it that day i love doing the marathon but i said never again am i going to do this just to benefit myself in these shows. I want to do it for a, a greater cause than myself. And so, um, so the, so we found the second time around was, was last year's marathon. And I just love doing it so much. And I love doing it for that cause because, um, you know, it's, I'm sorry. Like I say, we love kids. I love kids. And, and I hate to see kids sick and suffering and, you know, and, and when, and when that, when the word cancer gets thrown around to a family, it's just devastating. Yep. And, um, and this is an organization that's working not just to help families, which they do. They help, they give a lot of support to the families who are suffering, but also, uh, putting a lot of funding into research and cures, um, for childhood specific cancer. Uh, so, um, so that's, what's going on January 23rd. So everyone brings their a game and it's always a good time. I mean, even non-wrestling fans need to tune in that day for Mark Out Loud because Dave Jones and I will have a blast Yeah, uh, talking some wrestling and having a good time. So January 23rd, mark it down. Now, 
Sarah in the chat is asking if there's going to be a karaoke hour. I think that's a brilliant idea. I mean, I honestly, I think that if really, if you hang on till the later hours when I get a little punchy, if you just hold on <laughs> for, for one, one more, more day. day, if you hold on, yes, uh, someday somebody's going to make you want to turn around and say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so definitely, uh, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if it ends up being some kind of karaoke. And we need to top ourselves. I'm thinking maybe a conversation about which is the best Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. Oh, well, that's the great Chipmunk adventure from the 80s, sir. <laughs> I don't know. Road Chip coming out Christmas Day <laughs> I, could be the winner. Is it coming out Christmas Day or is it coming out oh, the 18th? Yeah. I thought it was coming out the 18th. Oh, maybe it is coming out the 18th. Yeah, I think that's going to take that's that weekend. Right, yeah. That could very well take that weekend. I just blew that joke. Dark horse, dark horse, uh, dark horse for that weekend is that. So speaking of things that are coming out, Irish, uh, like I said, we got to play easy, some easy there. We got to play careful now. We got to play some catch up and look ahead uh, with a little time together. We call pass the corn. Yeah. The core. Now, Eris, before we get into the movies of November and December, I, I did want to touch base with you on two different trailers um, that are essentially the same movie from different comic book companies. Uh, yeah, but one's good and one's <laughs> not. Good. Oh wow! Really? Well, let's uh, let's find out what your opinions are. Captain America: Civil War, sir. I was totally excited about. Really, it. really, I, I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't realize it had released. Like I just, I woke up one morning and saw, you know, all these tweets about it. I'm like, wait a minute, there was a civil war trailer and like jumped online right away. and watched it like five times. Yeah. It kind of came out of nowhere on me too. I didn't know. I knew it was supposed to be dropping, but I wasn't like there immediately when it happened, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I just thought it was the perfect little kind of teaser. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, it, it gives you a, a good sense of what the, the overall, arc of the movie is going to be but doesn't necessarily spoil everything right right and a little bit of heart too you know tony at the end where he's like i thought i was your friend yeah and that just got dead serious that like got me i told Derek, i'm like it's it's a it's a trailer that's filled with uh hate and bromance you know because he's like tony he's my friend so was i you know and Yeah. yeah so much I you know it's it's going to be interesting because I've I've made it very clear on this show that as far as the comics go I was never a big fan of that story arc and that and that thing that because I feel like that within the comics from Civil War forward Marvel never really they 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 the build up to Civil War was phenomenal right you had all these great big storylines that they did you know, World War Hulk and all that stuff. Well, and World, then, World War Hulk, wasn't that after Civil War? No, I thought that was before. No, it was after because he was off-world. He wasn't doing Planet Hulk. And I thought, see, here's the thing. I thought World War Hulk was going to bring it all back, you know, to them being together and, and being happy friends again. Right. And then Secret Invasion happened. I'm like, well, well this will be it, you know. Yeah. And, no, that wasn't it either. Um, the... Uh, but I, I just, I'm not a fan of the heroes fighting each other 
outside of we meet for the first time, we fight, and then we realize we're friends. You know, the the old Marvel way. I'm right. just I'm a little old fashioned. Or the Batman Superman way. I, uh, which is apparently what's going to be taking place. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I think with Civil War that because we know there's the big two-part Infinity right. War coming, it's like this isn't going to be a permanent thing. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I look, so far I trust everywhere that they're going with the phase stuff. And because they kind of announced all of this together, Civil War with Doctor Strange and Inhumans and Black Panther and the Infinity War movies and Captain Marvel and stuff. It's like, I feel like they have the overall arc of what this phase is mapped out so mm-hmm. they know where they're going with this. Um, well, no, and, haven't, haven't they slipped in Ant-Man and Wasp or Wasp and Ant-Man? Yeah, yeah, but I think that that's also partially because of how successful Ant-Man wound up being. Mm-hmm. People liked the character. People immediately wanted more Wasp, and I think that both those characters are easy to insert into this overall storyline. Yeah. Well, I read um, I read something a while back where Kevin Feige basically said that they're always prepared, like because I think the question centered around the Spider-Man issue. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, we, we always have the backup plan if we get these characters back in yeah. the Marvel Studios fold. So that if Fox decided we can't handle the Fantastic Four, you know, here, just take it back. It's costing us too much money. Um, then they've got a way to bring that cast of characters. They're ready. They're sitting on go for these things. Right. And if they don't, then they've got their main plan, you know, already in yeah. place. And I think that's just a brilliant way to to be creative and be ready to go at a moment's notice. And I feel like it's kind of the same thing with some of these other shifts they've made with the Wasp and the Ant-Man, you know, so that, because like you said, it ended up being a successful movie. And quite frankly, my favorite superhero movie this year was Ant-Man. And I think it, I think it surprised everybody that thought they wouldn't like it or wouldn't care just how much humanity it had and how enjoyable it was and, and how much fun it was to get to know a new superhero again, Mm -hmm. because we've had so many sequels and, and stuff. And so, and this was a fresh character. This is a character that a lot of the, you know, the general audience, they don't know. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I do think they probably have a good way of slipping them back in and, you know, and, and rearranging the board a little bit. But I'm like you. Obviously, they have an overall, of course, they have an overall story arc, an overall direction they're going. And I think this is going to play really super heavily into that over the course of the next couple of years yeah as far as where it puts our main players this and thor ragnarok i think are going to put our main players in a place so that when we start out infinity war in a couple of years we're going to be wondering how can they're going to have to come back together again. right right it's it's they're going to have to do something they haven't been able to do so uh i look it's like I told someone, my butt's going to be in the seat for this movie, regardless. Oh yeah, opening you know? opening weekend, definitely. And uh, and and um, well, and just aside from like, you know, the 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 story point of the trailer. I mean, we got to see Falcon in a new costume. Yes, which looked great. You know, the the red and white from the comics looked awesome. Um, first glimpse at Black Panther, 
which he looked really cool, the little bit that we saw of him. Yeah, and, and people have been able to grab some good steals of, of his stuff uh, from the trailer, well, and he looks... I mean, look, I've never been a he's big... He's on the cover of the new Entertainment Weekly that yes, comes out yeah. today or tomorrow. And I've never been a big Black Panther fan, but the fact that they're bringing him out you know, from the comic page onto the screen is just a huge deal to me. Well, and if they do him up where, you know, he's, you know, the really smart and like, you know, has the inventing tech side and stuff like that, you know, it's almost, uh, it's almost like adding a foil for Tony Stark. Yes. Yes. Well, and also, you know, and I, and I said this earlier, the guy who's playing him, I, I, I said this a couple of episodes back, the guy who's playing him, and I might have even said to you, is someone who I was really kind of unaware of, and then I saw him play James Brown in this James Brown biopic, yeah. and he played uh, the main football player that Kevin Costner was going after in Draft Day. Yep. And two completely different roles, and he did an outstanding job, and I just could not take my eyes off of him. I wanted to spend more time with him in the Costner movie and – you know, it's like, don't worry about all the ancillary players. Let's just keep his James Brown on screen for as long as possible. He just did such a great job in both those right. roles. I'm I'm like, I'm on board for this Black Panther. There, look, Marvel is hi- hiring some great actors. Well, they've been doing it since Tony Stark. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, Favreau laid the foundation with, with Robert Downey Jr., with... Um, with Jeff Bridges, he laid the foundation of let's get quality actors who can either who either embody these roles or who can play them up. Yeah. And uh and, and let's get them in there. And so you've ended up down the road with your Robert Redfords, with your William Hurts, with uh with, with your uh, Sam Jackson, of course, right out of the gate from Iron Man. But with you know, with quality actors coming into this franchise, um Martin Freeman is going to be in Civil War. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see William Hurt back as General Thunderbolt Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and that's just the Hulk fan in me talking. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I look, I dug the trailer. I dug what we got to see. It looks like it's going to be some great comic book action. And then Batman v Superman dropped a new trailer. Well, first they dropped that little, like, 30-second <laughs> clip that yeah, was yeah. basically just, like, WTF. Yeah, but I mean, what was that? I mean, Superman landing and dudes kneeling before him, and then Batman strung up, and why is he wearing a trench coat? And I'm just like, what is this? Don't you think that's a dream sequence? That's what somebody told me. Yeah, but if that's the case, like, why put that out there? It's just, I just feel like it sends the wrong message. I think it's to get people buzzing. Yeah, but the buzz wasn't a good thing. Oh, really? You don't think so? I don't think so. I think it just confused and put more people off than it did excited them. Wow. See, I I haven't seen a lot of people talking about it, but now I have seen a lot of people... The the conversation that I've had with people, Mm -hmm. everybody was just really confused and like, like, oh, here we go, Zack Snyder again. Mm -hmm. You know, and and not saying that in a good way. Right. Well, the but now the trailer itself people have been pretty jazzed about uh you don't think so my my reaction like the people that i talked to the day after the trailer went out 
they were jazzed only because it was better than the first trailer that they right, showed us. Right. But again, there was a lot of things that were just really confusing to people. First and foremost, what is uh, Facebook guy doing with his Lex Luthor? Kind of crazy. I, I noticed that too. I was hoping for a much more sinister kind of feel, and he's he's going for the more... He's like the nerdy, arrogant frat boy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It uh, just it was really off putting, and I kind of I did kind of like that scene. I mean, again, a weird trailer because it kind of opens with like this long scene mm-hmm. with Clark and Bruce, and I I liked the scene. You know, there was some good witty dialogue back and forth, and uh, you know the the line about you know crazies wearing clown suits and stuff, and you're really getting into the scene, and then. Jesse Eisenberg comes in and it's just like, you know, <laughs> put the brakes on. Like, what is what? going on? What was that noise again? What was the? I can't do it. My truck's all shot. But you know, <laughs> screeching brake tires, and it just it just completely sucked me out of like, I was getting into this, and then now I'm not. Now I'm yeah. lost. Yeah, yeah. His his Luther is a little off putting to me. Um, because and then the one thing that was like the big thing that most people really were put off by about the Superman movie was the complete utter destruction of everything. And here we go again. And it so looks like it was right from, you know, put the brakes on here's Facebook boy to now we're in a war zone and everything is destroyed again. Yet another city completely destroyed. And it's just like, what are they doing? I did have that thought. I did have the thought of, Oh, so we're going to blow everything up again. And I don't know if that's a Warner Brothers call, like, hey, you got to have destruction. Or if, you know, or if that's a Zack Snyder call, I don't know. Or if it's a Jeff Johns call. But it seems like at some point, um, you know, they would take what everyone was kind of upset about and and go the other way and say, oh, well, you know what? Yeah, they're definitely going to. Because Batman, I feel like Batman would lead Superman out of the city to fight if they're going to fight. Yeah. Um, and, and, well, and you compare that to the Marvel movies and in the midst of these huge battles, you know, Battle of New York, buildings falling apart left and right. We keep getting these scenes of, of our heroes saving the average everyday people around them. Well, Age of Ultron, so, I mean, yeah, Age of Ultron, it was more about getting everybody off of the big floating city instead of trying to beat Ultron. Yeah, they made no bones about we're here to save lives. Right. Like it was almost as if someone saw all the criticism of Batman v Superman and Joss Whedon's like, "Yeah, we're going to just uh here's what I'm going to write in. Every other line is going to be save the civilians, <laughs> get the yeah, civilians." Yeah, but better. but like but it started before that though. You know, even in the Iron Man movies, you know, Iron Man like he'll be fighting somebody and he'll be like, "I got to get away from the people and fly away." Right. Sort of take the battle away from them. And, you know, like I said in the first Avengers movie, we have like that big elongated scene with Captain America trying to, to rescue and save people in the midst of the battle. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the big set pieces of Iron Man 3 was the people falling out of Air Force One. Yep. You know, and Iron Man, and the whole thing of Iron Man saving those people. Barrel of monkeys. Barrel of monkeys. And, um, 
Yeah. yeah, and the DC movies, it's just we're going to clobber each other and thousands of people are going to die because of it. Well, and the big reveal is Doomsday at yeah. the end of the trailer. And, and well, I say that's, that's the first big reveal. And then the second thing is, um, here's Wonder oh, Woman. Yeah. And at that point, we've now seen the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, didn't you feel that way? I felt, didn't you feel like you just saw the whole movie? Yeah. I, Why do I, I need guess, to go see this now? I guess in a way, maybe I did. I, I definitely got the story. You know, obviously, here's the story. Batman and Superman meet. They don't like each other. They yeah, fight. They fight. Le then a bigger threat hits us both. Doomsday. Well, and Lex Luthor, you know, decides that if Batman can't get the job done, he's going to get the job done. So he creates, apparently, looks to me like he creates Doomsday. Yeah. And um, and he's just going to sit back and, and watch it all, you know, go down. And as Doomsday attacks, out of nowhere comes, you know, Wonder Woman. Yeah, and in the midst of this ginormous explosion that Batman's like right in the middle of, she saves him with her little tiny shield. Uh, see, I, now I think that's just some editing misdirection there. Uh, probably, I don't know. But it's, I just, at I least, was not at least there's a little. At least there's a little humor there where she with you. I thought she was with you. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. But at that point, I was just kind of like, oh, all right. It was better than that really depressing first trailer, but I'm still like totally confused. Well, you here's know? here's my thing, uh, and this is what I told someone. Uh, again, my butt will be in the seat for it. You know, I mean, I'll be there. It's it's that it's one of those things that we dreamed of, and yeah, you know, and hopefully, maybe. I mean, they've had so long to get this right they backed it up a year for crying out loud um maybe maybe they'll maybe it'll be great <laughs> maybe and when when does this open this opens in march in march so star wars is still going to be dominating the box office <laughs> you think so, so yeah four yeah. months later yeah easily titanic and avatar rolled into march easily yeah because there's nothing else out there i guess so Titanic was a different time, though. Titanic was yeah, 17 but, years ago. I mean, that's how these... I still think Star Wars is going to be rolling strong in March. And then, you know, Civil War comes out, what, in April? Yeah. No, Civil, so, War, Civil War is May, isn't it? Oh, is it May now? I think, well, I think it was always in May. Because I think that... Uh, no, uh, they rolled out some of the Marvel movies in April. Yeah, but I... Civil War and Batman v Superman was slated to come out on the same day. Right. And, and then was, Batman v Superman backed off right. smartly. And <laughs> uh let me see here. Let me let me make sure that It's just going to be interesting. I just feel like they've, you know, they've just positioned themselves as as the thin slice of meat between two thick Disney pieces of bread. Yeah. Mar uh, May 6, 2016 is Civil War. All right, so, so they they're gonna have about five or six weeks, right, to themselves. But and I mean, and that really depends on. Look, everything happens that opening week, and then the yeah. big the big teller is, how does it do that second week? Yeah, and I, this thing's gonna make money hand over fist that first week, and it's just how good it ends up being that depends on, you know, on on where it goes the second week, and I just wonder. 
are they trying to <clears throat> based on that last shot i mean on in some instances it's almost like they're trying to sell us all on here are the big three together right in, in you know and look at that shot and it is cool to see them all on screen together it is cool i um, admit but I also feel like they've really been trying to sell this thing up to this point as, hey, here's Batman again. When I don't know that they got us all sold on Superman as well as they needed to. So where are the little speakers on the Bat costume that project his voice like that? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's Bruce Wayne. Uh, he's got him. It's Bluetooth. It's Bluetooth in. He's what in. they should have... Last point, because I'm... I hate that I've gone completely negative on this, but what they should have done at the end was when you see all three of them together, mm -hmm. they should have fired up that your super friends opening music. Yeah. Listen, left us with that. Hey, but even everybody would have been pumped. Even, even the old, like the original super friend, untouched super friends theme, you know, with Marvin and Wendy and the wonder dog. Um, even that is just a great, great theme that if you put that over this, oh my gosh. Yep. Just that little build up. I think that that's what in the end really gets why I think I'm so down right. on the Snyder verse is that it just, where's the fun? Well, and I said that, I, I said that about man of steel, uh, you know, uh, I said it to an extent about Batman, about the Nolan Batman movies, but to their credit, the Nolan they Batman. Bank. Well, they did make a lot of bank because they were good, compelling movies. And when they dropped the humor in, it really worked. And you really still felt like you were having a good time. And even there was a part of even tortured Bruce Wayne, you know, Christian Bell Bruce Wayne, that was kind of enjoying what he was doing. Right. You know, um, like the in Batman Begins, when he gets. <laughs> When he gets home for the party, right before Roz burns the house down, and um, and Alfred like, what do you call that? And he's like, well, I call it damn good television. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like he's there. There's a great relationship between he and Alfred where you can tell there's real affection there. There's there's emotion that works, and I feel like the cast of Man of Steel was too good to put into a movie that just fell to me as flat as it did. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and, and I'm hoping in, and based on maybe it's the way they're trying, maybe that's why they're trying to do Lex the way they're doing him based on the little, you know, the quip between Batman and Superman as Wonder Woman shows up. Maybe they're bringing that around. I don't know. You know, you only get so much from a trailer. I'm like you here in this one. You feel like you got the whole movie. Yeah. But, uh, but it, hopefully there's something they're not showing us. Aquaman. Well, they're not showing us Aquaman, and we know that he's going to be in there somewhere. Yeah. So, that's interesting. I mean, this is basically a... And, and my friend Derek's been saying it since the beginning. Um, they've been... Uh, it's just a, a backdoor Justice League movie is what it is. So. Yeah, it's a setup. <clears throat> right. Kind of like Iron Man 2. Yeah, or... It's a setup for Avengers. I mean, let's be honest. Civil yep. War is basically Avengers 3. Yeah. You know, with no Hawkeye. We did see the the Avengers team in the trailer. Wasn't yeah. there a shot of them, like, running? It was... Uh, well, you had uh, Scarlet Cap Witch. And, uh, Scarlet Witch mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. Falcon. 
like all together. <laughs> so, I mean, that's part of the new Avengers lineup. So. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, Dave Atterbury says, nobody's tired of Snarkville's house of Marvel. <laughs> that, that snarky dialogue wears on me after a while. I don't, uh, that's Tony more than anyone else though. That has that snarky dialogue. I feel like the, when you watch Captain America winter soldier, you know, he and, he and Black Widow have a good rapport with each yeah, other. Yeah, there's but, some good dialogue between the two of them. Um, you know, I just feel like when you get Tony in there, yeah, he's going to go super snark on you. I always like the portrayal of uh, of Bruce because he is very, he's kind of the quiet man, and he's, you know, he he he's he's a lot more humble than the rest of them because he's scared of, you know, he can't let lash out, he can't lose control. So, um, but anyhow. That's yeah, he's all exactly. He's always angry. Um, anyhow, you're yeah. We we've gone down that road, uh, but I did want to touch base with you on those things, and I know that you were kind of surprised about some stuff that uh, went down way back in October. Yeah, well, our last the last time we kind of passed the corn, like looking at because we missed doing November was October, and we talked about you know it on the October slate, there was a bunch of kind of big prestige kind of movies, right? Right. You know, a list, uh, these were vehicles for a list talent that, you know, there was hope that they were gonna, you know, make some bank at the box office and, you know, also be contenders in the awards season. And, you know, a bunch of them just kind of fizzled, didn't, uh, didn't hit at all. And I'm talking about the big Steve jobs movie, I'm talking about the uh, the Bradley Cooper uh, chef movie, yeah. um, Sandra Bullock's political movie. You know, it was just really surprising that none of these movies really found an audience, really built any buzz. I wasn't I wasn't surprised at the Steve Jobs thing. Um, I feel like we've been jobsed out. Yeah, but a little bit. But this was. You know, Oscar winners. This was Danny right. Boyle, best yeah. Oscar for best director. This was sure. Sorkin, Oscar for best uh, screenplay. Like yeah. big, big prestige cast. Uh, yeah, but you know what? If you get the timing off on on when you put something out, it's it's you can have all the other right things. But if the timing's wrong, it's just not gonna it's not gonna land. I think they went a little negative with their ad campaign too. A lot mm. of it focused on him. You know, not wanting to acknowledge his daughter, you know, the trials and tribulations that he had. And I think for a lot of us, that's not how we think about Steve Jobs or want to think about him. Yeah. You know, we think about him as the guy who created the freaking iPhone and stuff like that (laughs) and the Macs and all these great products that we have in our lives. And it's like, well, do I want to go and spend two and a half hours like, you know, watching a movie about a guy who made millions of dollars and didn't acknowledge his daughter at all so yeah i don't um, know i i'm i am surprised that the the bradley cooper chef movie didn't do better than it did well i think that it didn't do better because it just wasn't a good movie really he got the reviews that i read and i haven't seen the movie so i'm just basing this on reviews that i read he got good reviews for his performance, but mm-hmm. the movie as a whole, w- critics were very lackluster on, I thought. Well, it's going to be hard to do a Chef movie and actually follow up Chef, which, yeah. was, which was outstanding. Uh, yes. John Favreau's movie. Oh, yeah, I love that movie. 
Um, you know, and so I feel like maybe it was there was a little bit of comparison to that. The Sandra Bullock vehicle, I you know, I, that just kind of came and went way under my radar other than us talking about it. But that was a movie that was specifically rewritten for her. Mm-hmm. You know, they were looking to hit that blindside kind of sweet spot with her where right. it's a serious subject matter, but has a light touch to it. And, you know, people love Sandra Bullock and it just people didn't want to see Sandra Bullock in this role, obviously. Well, don't you think The Martian just overshadowed it? Oh, The Martian just owned October. The Martian did everything that the hopes and uh, the hopes were for these other movies. Mm -hmm. It just it dominated the social conscious of October. People were reading the book. People were talking about the movie. There were memes. There were you know, videos, it was just everywhere. Everywhere you went, there was somebody talking about The Martian, it seemed. Yeah, and but I think that has to do with, <clears throat> I think there's something in the American subconscious that wants to get back to a time where we're looking to the stars, we're hopeful about the future, and, you know, we... And we, it's a smart guy getting himself out of trouble. Right. Right. And, you know, we want to see those kind of things happen again. Yeah. It wasn't a punch something to fix the problem kind of movie. There wasn't a bad guy. You know, it was a man versus nature kind of thing. Yeah. And, and but then, in a way we hadn't seen before. But you also see, spoiler alert, just from the book, you know, you also see the entire, literally the entire world come together to rescue one man. Yeah. And, and so I think that just it strikes a chord in these times, you know, with folks. And so rather than go watch Steve Jobs neglect his daughter or, (laughs) you know, get stressed out in a restaurant setting or dive into politics, it's like, yeah, let's go see this movie about, you know, that spoiler alert has a happy ending. Um, But Goosebumps was the number two movie in October. (laughs) I think we joked about that one too. I did. Uh, I, like, I did. Who's gonna go see this? And yeah. I was like, well, definitely my nephews are, and they did go to see it, and they did enjoy it. But you know, it 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 brought in some cash too. It made like seventy five million bucks or something yeah. like that. Well, Jack Black, you know, I mean, yeah. he's Jack Black is interesting to me because he's funny, and like he could have made a career off of being the guy, you know, the best friend that's a little quirky. Yeah, you know, not even the fat guy, but just the best friend that's that's quirky. Well, and, instead he gets the leading roles of the guy who is a little quirky. Right, right, and and he's but he's done such a. I feel like he's done a good job in his career of doing these kind of things, and then turning around and being you know part of the D, the old tenacious D. Well, and kids love these kind of movies with you know big monsters that are kind of scary but not over the top scary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where the kids are the ones that are the smart ones and smarter than the adults and they save the day and stuff. So I just, you know, I thought it was, uh, I didn't get to see it, but just in hindsight, it was very smart yeah. uh, planning on the studio that put it out there. Well, so, yeah, just interesting that, uh, you know, the A list didn't necessarily right. deliver the way people thought they would. I didn't get to see Bridge of Spies, which I know we talked about, you know, briefly. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I you said it was great, and uh, and I and I wanted to see it, but I hadn't got to see it yet. I, I'll definitely be picking that up when it's out. Um, and I had no desire to see Pan. No, um, neither did I. But and the reviews were horrible. But again, mm-hmm. 
it was like the number four movie for the month. Family films, man. Family yeah. films. By the way, quick story. I saw, I kind of saw Inside Out last weekend, mm. the time of this recording. And um, I was over at some friend's house and they had rented it for the kids to watch. And so the kids were sitting there watching it. And we're all sitting around kind of the table. And I'm just kind of in and out of the movie talking to my friends and, you know, kind of watching the movie too. And, uh, dude, just being in and out of this movie, it comes to a point with old Bing Bong that I was a hot mess. I'm like, did you guys see what he just did? And they're like, what? And I started to describe to them what he did to help Joy. And I I get choked up just talking about it. I'm like, this Pixar, curse you Pixar. Um, these family movies, Pixar, you know, they figure out how to do something for the whole family and mess us all up, yeah. I think. So, uh, we did miss November, buddy. And I'm sorry for that, you know, but I know you Just were, a crazy month, yeah, man. Yeah, I know you were busy. I was busy. I didn't get to see Spectre. I wanted to, and I didn't get to see it, but I've heard a lackluster things about it. I, I, I don't know. It just, this one never really was on that. I got to see this movie list. Yeah. I mean, I will see it eventually, but I just, I felt like leading up to the movie, all the talk was about how much Daniel Craig didn't want to be bond anymore. Right. Who's going to be the next bond. And I just kind of felt like, well, he doesn't want to have anything to do with this movie anymore. So why should I? <laughs> um, do you feel like that's a trend in, in movie fandom these days is, is looking beyond what is about to hit and what's after that? Yeah. I mean, come on. We were just doing it a couple minutes that's ago. Right. When we were talking about Civil War. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And Batman versus Superman. We were talking about like for Marvel, what's going to be the fifth movie coming out after Civil War. Right. So. Yes, it is part of that. But I think that when, in this case, when it's your lead star, James Bond himself, who kind of ignited the conversation by talk, by just kind of being a miserable curmudgeon about the whole thing, mm-hmm. that, you know, that doesn't inspire me to go see your movie. And I'm surprised no one shut him up. Like, it wasn't Uh-oh. just one interview. Yeah, it was everything, it every was, interview. Every did. time he talked about it, he was just talking about how much he hated being this role. And the thing is, is I was excited about Spectre because of the fact that it's Spectre. Yeah. You know? Um, but the trailer had that really cheesy line where, it is me, James, the architect of all your fears. Yeah, and but that's... like, oh, come on. See, I didn't look at that as cheesy so much. I'm like, oh, classic Bond. Uh, you know, I... I'm I'm a sucker for stuff like that. The other thing for me is so many other movies are out bonding Bond these days. It's Bond, a- like I remember growing up, the Bond movies were fun because like, you know, there were cool gadgets and he had like a car that turned into a submarine and stuff. And they've kind of gotten away from that. And I wish that they would get back to that, go back to that little bit of camp. They've gotten too dark and serious in their tone. They They went... They went the Bourne route, you know. The yeah. Bourne, the Bourne franchise was so big for for a while that they had they felt like they had to go that route. And I don't I, look, and it worked. It worked with Casino Royale and beyond. I felt like they're, I felt like they were headed back that way with Skyfall. Uh, Skyfall, I think, scratched an itch for everybody as it was almost a Bond movie in reverse. 
You but know, they the, did they did for me at the end when it went back to the old school Bond stuff. Right, right. And that's what I'm when saying. When they went off the grid and like but I want to see them push it forward. Like, you know, Colson has a flying car on Shield. Why mm-hmm. can't Bond have a flying car? <laughs> and you know, it may he happen. had a car that was a submarine thirty years ago. Like, why can't he have a car that flies now? And I'm not saying that that's where they need to go with it, but like Think outside the box on it. You know, Mission Impossible has a suitcase that can make masks for you in like 45 minutes. It's got gloves that let you hang on the side of a 150-story tall building and stuff. And It's got Tom Cruise hanging off the side of an airplane. Exactly. Exactly. And Bond used to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and now they don't. Now it's like, oh, there's a cool parkour fight, which is so like 10 years old. Yeah. or whatever well, yeah it's it's i think it's some of it's it worked in casino royale so we got to keep going back to this well and the well's starting to dry up maybe like i say i can't speak on if they did this inspector or not because yeah, i don't not know seen that they it. did either but it's that's just kind of the feel like like i just feel like bond is being out bonded by other franchises well now. you you brought up the mission impossible and i feel like that franchise has hit really hit the sweet spot of over the top like gadgets and sci-fi spy equipment you know in a sci-fi fun spy story but still seems grounded exactly they that's what i'm saying is they've hit that sweet spot of being able to do that that maybe that i feel like they're that i feel like the the eon is trying to find with bond right um and and i feel like they'll find it it's going to be interesting to see who the next one is i I'm really still anxious to watch Spectre. I hate that I missed it in the theaters. I kept trying to go and just never had the time to to make it to a theater to see it. It was one of two movies I wanted to see through November. I didn't get to see The Good Dinosaur, but I usually wait on the kids' movies anyway. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it either. My nephews weren't clamoring to see it over the Thanksgiving break, yeah. so I didn't push it. Yeah, I don't have any kids in my life yet that I can take to go, you know, that are, you know, of age to go watch a movie that I can right. take. Um, and I didn't watch the Hunger Games thing because I haven't. I, I saw the first one and I'm like, okay, I get what this is. Have yeah, fun. it's not my cup of tea either. But dude, I'm just going to tell you this, and and we talked about it on the last episode of Geek Out Loud, so I don't want to, you know, spend too much time on it. Uh, skip work and see Creed. That's that's my new mantra. I'm uh, going to see it tomorrow, dude. I, I'm telling you, I, I told you this via text. I've said this on the podcast. I, I love Star Wars and always have. I've got a room full of Star Wars. If there were no Star Wars, Rocky would be my Star Wars. I love those movies so much. And this movie was one that, just like with Balboa, I looked at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just a, a, a nasty cash grab. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw the trailer and I'm like, okay, I'm there. Uh, and... Look, my friend Derek, Derek Russell, host of Starkville Labs and Starkville House of L, and my podcasting partner for life, he says this. Uh, he thinks that Stallone should get a nod, uh, a nomination for Best Supporting Actor in a Role when, it, when Oscar There's season comes around. There's a lot of talk going around about that. Um, and, and I told him, he saw it before I did. And I said, really, for a role, this is his seventh time he's played? You think he's now? And he said, it's a Rocky like you've never seen. And sure enough, dude, it's a Rocky you've never seen. But Rocky does not overshadow Adonis Creed in this movie. This movie is so good. It's my favorite movie I've seen this year. Star Wars has a long way to go to evoke in me the emotion and the 
and and the excitement and the joy I got from watching this movie. Well, I'm even more excited to see it now. I, I don't want to oversell it. I <laughs> praise. No, it was already it it was already uh, pretty high on my list to yeah. see, and yeah. I've heard you know nothing but great things about it in the last week or so. It apparently has the same rating on Rotten Tomatoes as the original Rocky has. Uh, that's good. The only way this movie could have been better is if Carl Weathers would have uh, signed whatever he needed to sign for them to use archival footage. Well, I got to I got to say that um one of the things I'm really excited to see in this is I understand that one of his fights like it 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 only lasts like two rounds mm-hmm. but from beginning to end it's all one continuous shot. One take, sir. I can't wait to one see take. that. It's... I'm just like a geek for stuff like that. All of the ring entrances are done uh in pretty much one take. Uh, you know, one single shot with maybe with a few opportunities for some clever editing here and there. Right. But when you get to that one fight, it is one single continuous shot, and it is it's cinematography like I've never seen. It's fantastic. I was uh, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons now that he's uh, no longer with the SPN. He's signed his deal with HBO. He's launched his new podcast, mm-hmm. and he had Michael P. Jordan on. Yeah, and uh, they were talking about it, and they were talking about like, you know, staging the fight scenes and stuff, and uh, you know, Sly just told me he's like, you got to take a hit. Yes, he's like, you got to take a hit, and like, kind of go to him. And and the interesting thing was Michael B. Jordan said that that the director legally cannot tell him he has to take the hit, mm-hmm. but it was very much implied to him that you know. To get the shot right, you have to take the hit. Yeah. Um, and he also talked about that the role was just so physically grueling on him that he was laid up for like days after they were done shooting because his body was just completely spent from it. Well, he he looked great in the movie. He is great. Michael B. Jordan's a great actor. Yeah. You know, um, and and he did a fantastic job. Uh, the director, uh, Kugler, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um he obviously has a love of those original movies and a love of this universe to you for lack of a better world uh, word um that he brought to the table with this thing and i can't wait for you to see it uh i will text you as soon as i'm done tomorrow my friend there's a moment there is a Going moment to the one o'clock show tomorrow oh, afternoon. well there's a moment sir where you're going to want to stand up and cheer all right. I'm just telling you. So I'll be interested to see how you do it. Did so, you see the uh, – we were going to talk about this as part of our November show that we didn't get to. But did you see the fake 30 for 30 documentary yes. about Rocky Four? Yes. And the speech that ended the Cold War? That's right. That's how the- <laughs> amazing was that? It was so well done. It was fantastic. I laughed. I loved it so much. I thought I it was great. I love those 30 for 30 documentaries to begin with. I have watched <laughs> – some of those 30 for 30 docs on subjects that I had no interest in and within a couple minutes was just completely fascinated by it. Yeah. Um, so when they rolled this around and had guys like Max Kellerman in it mm-hmm. and stuff, I was just like, oh, this is a winner. Hey. <laughs> if what? you guys haven't seen it, just you know, go on YouTube and search for uh, you know, co- College Humor put it out and um, – 
you know, 30 for 30 doc, you know, Rocky, Rocky yeah. you know, Cold War. Just do Rocky 30 for 30, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a mo The Russian says something. The Russian dude says something. Well, I just love that it's all in Russian, and he's like this really serious Russian guy, and you have to read the subtitle. Yeah, you're reading the subtitle, but he said something that was hilarious about And And uh, just the whole thing was great. I, um, I also like the fact that, well, I can't remember. I know I've done a geek out loud about Rocky, but there's so much more to talk about when it comes to all of those movies. I just do a five part series on each, or six, seven part series on all these things now. Maybe that's um, our uh, our marathon topic. Oh, done. We'll talk about the Rocky movies. Done and Which done. One's our favorite. All right, it's my it's locked in, marked and locked yes. in. Um, well, let's get into December, man. December. I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested in this movie that's come out today at the time of recording. This Krampus movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm not interested to see it necessarily, but I'm interested because I know for a fact, uh, having listened to Kevin Smith's podcast, that a while back he came up with the idea because this is where he gets all his movie ideas now from his podcasting to do like an anthology movie like the old Creep shows, and uh, or yeah, Creep Show. And right. uh, and do a Krampus movie with different Krampus stories from different directors in each segment, you know, each twenty minute oh, segment cool. or whatever. And um, and he was talking seriously about doing that. Well, around the same time, I started hearing about this movie coming around, and it just uh, you know this this one hit first. Um, yeah, I don't know how to take this one. Is it meant to be a horror movie? Is it meant to be like a dark comedy? I feel like it could almost go down like kind of the Gremlins route. Yeah. Um, and with the cast, like, you know, right away you see Adam Scott in it and it's like, okay, this is going to be a comedy. Right. Um, but then there's scenes that, you know, are kind of creepy. And of course there's freaking clown. Just clowns <laughs> creep me out. I can't stand them. <laughs> My mom went to clown school, man. Um, but this one, I, I'm very curious to see how this is going to do. And, uh, I, I am kind of curious to, I want to watch this one with my nephews cause they love this kind of stuff. Yeah. So this might be like, you know, next yeah. Christmas we'll like, you know, get it on Netflix or something like that and watch it. I didn't consider it being, even with Adam Scott in there, I didn't consider it being a, a comedy because I just, I felt like it was supposed to be a horror movie, like a Christmas-themed horror movie. Right. But even that seems, like, comedic to me. I guess. I guess. I just go back to the old Ernest Saves Christmas and Santa's Sleigh. S-L-A-Y. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, it's That's one so It's one that I won't, uh, I, I won't go to the theater to see it. I just don't have no. time. Uh, but it, it's one I'll definitely catch on Netflix or whatever. And, and hopefully it may become part of the old Christmas tradition of watching uh, every year, uh, December eleventh, Chris Hemsworth is going to be in a movie with Benjamin Walker, Cillian Murphy, uh, directed by Ron Howard, written by the Frost Nixon uh, screenwriter Peter Morgan, um, called "In the Heart of the Sea." I don't know anything about this. This is the true life tale that inspired Moby Dick. Really? Yeah. So I didn't know it's basically I... these whalers who are attacked by this kind of giant rogue sperm whale. And, you know, the captain is obsessed with killing it. 
Well, you're the uh, you're the literature guy. I didn't realize Moby Dick was inspired. Oh, I'm not, by, I'm not a literature guy. Uh, for well, for our purposes, yes, you are. Okay. I didn't realize that. Moby... I didn't know Moby Dick was inspired by a true life story either. Oh, okay. Well, then I just know that because that's that's what's in the synopsis on uh, Fandango. Well, let let me tell you. Let me tell you how we're like these people in this movie. We're in the same boat. Um, look what I did there, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> That just flew. Oh man, that just. Uh, Look, I just think that uh, visually, this movie so. looks amazing. Um, you know, it's Ron Howard. He has not made a bad movie mm-hmm. in my book. Really? I don't think so. I mean, I his. Have to, uh, I have to go down his IMDb to. to Look, I like the. Uh, I like the. Um, oh, why can't I think of the the Tom Hanks movies where he's the. Uh, oh. It's late. I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry. Uh, da Vinci's Code. And oh, yeah, stuff. the Da Vinci that Code I, movies, yeah. Yeah, I like both of those. Uh, the race car movie with Chris Hemsworth was fantastic. I, I don't, I'm not familiar. Apollo 13. Oh, man, Apollo 13. Uh, Come Willow. On. <laughs> Splash. I do love Willow, by the way. You know, he's just, he's done great, beautiful mind. Was that him? Yeah, that was him. Is is Ron Howard the most successful child actor story out there? Is there anyone else that just kind of that that avoided all the child actor pitfalls? I think you would did? be hard pressed to find one. Just because Ron Howard is, you know, a a plus list director mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Well, here's I'm just going to run just through the theater. Ron Howard was one of the names. Uh, who was it? Uh, George wanted Ron Howard to direct one of the prequel movies. Yeah. And Howard turned it down. Yeah, unfortunately. Man. He just said it wasn't his thing. Right, right. Uh, That's something that just came out recently in the press that he's been doing for his whale movie. I'm going to run through just a few of his theatrical uh, things. Okay. Uh, Night Shift, back in 82. Uh, Splash. Oh, brokers. Splash. Cocoon, we'll never get older, and we're never going to die. Uh, Gung Ho, uh, of course, you mentioned Willow, Parenthood, Backdraft, Far and Away. Uh, uh, you mentioned Apollo 13, Ed TV. I forgot he did How the Grinch Stole Christmas, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, okay, there, there's a black mark on his Oh, uh, yeah? You, you didn't like the Grinch? No. Okay. As soon as that little girl started singing, I was ready to leave. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, well, he followed that up with a beautiful mind. The Russell Crowe. I think he won an Oscar for yeah. that. Uh, Cinderella Man, another Russell Crowe. Um, we mentioned Frost Nixon. We mentioned the uh, the Da Vinci Code, the, the Dan Brown uh, movies. They're shooting um, a third one right now. And, uh, yeah, so, wow. yeah. He's, what was the name of the race car movie? Uh, I don't know. It would be like at the one of his, it was the one he did right before this. Right before this one? Yeah, you got IMDb in front of you there. I do. Um, Rush? Yes, that's it. Really good. Really worth seeing. Another one based on a true story. Okay. And Chris Hem- Hemsworth's in that. And um, uh, I forgot the name of the actor who plays the German driver, but he is fantastic in it. Okay. Haven't Have not seen it. I have not seen it. So, um yeah. So okay. So look, I'll give you. I'll give you that he's not directed a bad movie necessarily. I just like these big kind of epic stories yeah. like this too. Yeah. Um. 
Oh yeah, I like. I just. I this is again. This is one of those things that. Well, when you don't, when you're a cord cutter, a lot of these things will just fly under the radar on you. Yeah. If you're not seeking out the movie trailers and stuff, um, it, it just because you don't catch a TV well, spot or something. They a commercial for it literally just played in front of me as we're talking nice. about it. Well, so it's getting a lot of it's getting a lot of press. Now here's what's interesting. <clears throat> on December eighteenth. A week later. There's a couple big movies opening on the 18th. Well, we've already mentioned Alvin and Chipmunks, The Road Chip. That's going to be huge. Can I just tell you, these Chipmunk movies are bigger than I would have imagined with kids. I mean, they really are. Kids love them. Because five, six, seven-year-olds eat these out. My nephews nephews love them. I got to tell you, man, I loved the cartoon back in the day, in the 80s. Yeah, I can't watch these movies. Uh, I can't They're either. It's on a chalkboard for me. But. I can't either because I love the cartoon back in the 80s. As soon as my nephew saw that this fourth one was coming out, Road Chip, yeah. they, they started like a, a competition to see whether me or their grandfather was going to take them to it. Like The loser was the one who would have to take them to see it. Oh, nice. And you, you won. And I'm just like, I'm not even getting involved in this. Oh, Your nice. grandfather is taking you to see this. <laughs> um. Uh, and also on the 18th, uh, big movie, something, you know, team up that we've been waiting a while to see. Tina, Fo- Tina Fey and Amy Poehler? Sisters. Sisters. Yep. Um, dude, and come on, it's got John Cena in it. Dude, he's, the, people are, he, Tina Fey must love him. Uh, well, no, he's it was. He's building himself a nice little, uh, he start, little he's doing future the, acting career here. Yeah, he's, he's, He's doing Make it smart choices, working with smart, funny women. That's right. Like, well, I mean, and let's be honest, The Rock did the same thing as far as making smart choices about the, the projects he got into early on. Scorpion King maybe is a bit of a stretch there, but um, but after that, I just look, the rundown was really the first. I love rock the rundown. Movie that, that I just looked at and it really hit. I love that movie so What's much. What's up, Kansas City? <laughs> Stupid monkey. I love that movie. It it's, is so underrated. I love it, dude. It's one of my favorite things. And I, for the opening scene, the opening uh sequence of him going in after the after the quarterback and he's like, Look, I don't want to have to do this. I've got a real chance this year, you know, and he just comes out and he just beats the whole offensive line down. Um anytime the Kansas City Chiefs are on TV. Either myself or a buddy of mine, we will text each other. What's up, What's Kansas, Kansas Cities? What's up, Kansas Cities? Um, and uh, yeah, oh, gosh, and the the moment at the at the end where he does get the gun in his hand. Yeah, you know. Uh, but anyhow, this is not about the rundown. Uh, this is about Ooh. sisters. Um, this is another one that's kind of. Oh well, I have seen some previews for this. It looks funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Tina Fey and Amy Poehler for crying yeah. out loud. You know these guys. They're they're comedy genius. They know they know how to play what they're going to play in these films. And they're you know sisters who go back home because their parents are selling their childhood home, and mm-hmm. the parents are away, and the sisters never had the big blowout party that they always dreamed of having in high school. So, you know, in their early forties or however old they are, they decide that they're going to throw that party. Yeah. And these two movies, of course, will be just duking it out for the top spot. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, there's season. nothing else opening. No, no, not at all. No. Not at all. It's, bless their hearts. I, I just, <clears throat> look, Tina Fey 
is a Star Wars fan from way back. You know, she has. A- I think they actually they actually have their hashtag campaign is why not see them both. <laughs> I think that's it. Oh, that's so something, perfect. Something along those lines. Like what? And like, what I love is is you know that she and Amy are both sitting there being like, well, maybe we'll have good life on the after you know the home video market. You know, they were on they were on like Jimmy Fallon like a, a year ago. Yeah. Talking about this movie and already joking about, you know, that they were opening the same weekend as this other film was. Well, I just so feel like just been running with this for like a year now. I just feel like when you realize that's happening, you just look, you have to sit back and be like, well, home video market might be good for us. You know, maybe yeah. we'll, we'll make it all back then. But look, uh, it, it can't be anything but solid. Um, the previews look funny. And Great uh, cast. yeah, it's one that I know I'll swing around and end up seeing at some point. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Uh, but of course, as you know, as we know, the we don't even need to talk about we, the, the other movie. Right, so, we don't yeah, even need yeah. to talk about it. If but, you're listening to the show, you already have tickets. For that's it. <laughs> that's so true. I mean, that's true. <laughs> if you're doing the show, you already have tickets for it. So uh, tickets for three shows, right? Of course, Star- or you're, or, and you're traveling out of state to see it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so Star Wars comes out that day too. Uh, as we approach Christmas, The Big Short on December 23rd. Brad Pitt, Steve Carell. This is a movie about um, the 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 market crash, isn't it? Yeah, uh-huh. about the the whole housing bubble crashing. Yeah. I gotta say, this movie. Just hit my radar like in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But this is now a must see for me. I think so too. Um, I, I I dig number one. I dig movies like this that kind of dig into more recent events. And I guess by more recent, I mean also the eighties because like Charlie Wilson's War is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. But, this um, is kind of in that same vein. It's a serious right. subject that looks like it's going to have kind of a light hearted easy to digest kind of approach to it mm-hmm. and fantastic cast brad pitt steve carell ryan gosling christian bale melissa leo marissa tomei directed by adam mckay who did the anchor band movies yeah which is again i i've seen a trailer for this um and it caught my attention because of steve carell more than anything um it's, well christian bale for me this looks like a performance he's going to get nominated for. Really? Yeah. Is this supposed to be a, a bit of a dramedy? Uh, uh, yes, I think so. But his character, he's actually, it looks like he plays the guy who actually figured out what was really happening with mm. these subprime mortgages and stuff that they were doing. Right. And because of his personality, he's like this super genius kind of guy, but... He works in this office and like, you know, he wears like board shorts and like is barefoot and like, you know, in in a buttoned up, you know, shirt and tie kind of office. And, you know, when he starts telling people about this, they don't take him seriously because Mm -hmm. of how he looks. And like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And these guys just kind of, you know, they're crying wolf about this and it looks like nobody's listening to them. So they decide, well, you know what, let's take advantage of this. And they start selling short on these mortgages and stuff. And they make a fortune off of it. Hmm. And so this is, this is, it's not, 
It's based on what went down. It's based on a true story. It's it's the real. It's supposedly the real story of uh, these guys who exposed the fraudulent mortgage lending practices at the large banks. But the, have the names been changed to protect the? I don't innocent? think so because it's it it's it was a it was a best selling book. Okay, I think by the same name, The Big Short. Right. Uh, yeah, written by Michael Lewis. Um. And so, you know, it's another one that Brad Pitt's production company bought up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, looking to do the Moneyball kind of thing with yeah. it. Oh, my gosh, man. Moneyball is just... I was a big fan of Moneyball, but I, I'm, I could go baseball geek on you here and I won't. <laughs> oh, what? go ahead. Well, I mean, that was a fantastic Oakland A's team, but mm-hmm. the one thing that the movie never mentions was that they had three 20-game winners on their pitching staff that year. They had like the three best pitchers in baseball. Right. And they're never even mentioned in the movie. It focused, it focused this, more on the you know, You're led to believe that it's all these underdog throwaway players that mm-hmm. nobody wanted that was the reason why they won. Mm. They had three pitchers who won 60 games. That's half your season. Yeah, but you got to you gotta play something up for the dramatic effect of things. I know, but, you know, there was a lot more... <clears throat> So what made that team special? And I just, you know, as a baseball fan, that kind of annoyed me. And then that guy ended up going to Boston eventually? Yeah. Okay. I think he did. Yeah. No, no, he didn't. No, but they, they employed... They, they employed his, te- his, uh, his ma- techniques, yeah. A lot of teams tried yeah. to. I think he might still be in Oakland, actually. Dude, I, that movie, when uh, there, there's a moment... Because Jonah Hill does a great job of not necessarily being, of doing some of the stuff that Jonah Hill does yeah. a lot of times. But there's that moment where he's on the phone and he gets the trade and he just does the fist pump. And it's yeah. it's such a Jonah Hill fist pump. Yeah. I, was, I, I just, that whole movie, I love that movie. I love his relationship with his little girl. Um, this movie, this the short, the big short, um, Brad Pitt, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling. Um, Christian Bale, Mar- Melissa Leo, Marissa Tomei. This is, I mean, what a cast. Yeah. Then on, uh, then on Christmas Day, <clears throat> again, another movie. I'm just not, look, I- I'll be completely honest and say that because of my obsession with Star Wars, uh, there's been a lot that I've just missed on. You as got the blinders on. I really do. Concussion. Will Smith, Alec Baldwin. This is another true story. Uh, Will Smith plays a doctor who's one of the first doctors who started linking uh, the results of full contact sports and the mm. concussions from them to wow. Uh, what's the the million dollar word term for it? Um, forensic neuro. Oh no, chronic Wait, traumatic encephalitis. Encephalitis. Enceph- no, encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. Yeah, encephalopagus. <laughs> which it's, we all know. Which we all know is what happens when you hit your head so many times that you see a furry elephant yeah. hanging out. With but you. I mean, if you watch football today, like all the concussion syndromes and stuff, it's, yeah. this is all kind of coming out Hello, of of this guy's early work. And of course, you know he's the guy who's like, you guys can't be doing this. And the NFL is one of, you know, this huge powerhouse. And they're like, no, you're not going to mess with our game. Wow. You know, uh, former WWE superstar, Christopher Nowinski 
has yeah. has started. You know, he's, he's really one on... of the big players in this, yeah. doing all the research on uh, on the brains, and he goes around and the, these players who are dying from this, and like Junior Seau who committed suicide from it, mm-hmm. they are working with the families, and the families are allowing them to collect the brains and study them. So is but, he is he portrayed in this movie? I don't think so because okay. I think that. Chris came along a few years after this gentleman. Right. This okay. is the guy who was like ground this, zero. This is the man who started it all. Yeah, that's my belief. Paul Reiser's in this thing. Where's Paul Reiser been? I don't know. That's I crazy. wish he would do more stuff. I like him. I, I used to. I used to be in a mad about you. Not gonna lie. I was a huge mad about you fan. Uh, Christmas Day also a movie called Joy. Oh, appropriate. This is uh, you know David O. Russell and his. Uh, is now troop of actors: Jennifer Lawrence, Bradley Cooper, Bobby De Niro, all back again. Bobby De Niro, um, you're good friends with him. You're... You know he did. Uh, he did. Um, oh, sorry, uh, complete. I need IMDb in front of me. Um, you talking about the director here? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Give me. One minute. Vamp for me. Sorry. David O. Russell, not to be confused with the O. Henry Candy Bar. Let me Google that for you. It's like it, Silver it's Linings almost, Playbook. Yes, yeah, Silver Linings Playbook. Then uh, the the movie after that was the one with Christian Bale and... Uh, American Hustle. American Hustle, which, which I loved. Which and, I mean, good, he's yeah. just the same kind of troop of actors in all of these in particular, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. Well, three, he did Three Kings back in the day. Yep. I love Three Kings. Yeah, that was a good one. But uh, this is this is really her vehicle. And this is another one based on a true story. She plays this housewife who invented something. I don't know what it is yet. And honestly, I haven't looked it up because I don't want it spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, but she invented something that... A lot of people didn't believe in her being able to do at the beginning, and she wound up like making a fortune off of it. Was it dish detergent? Was it joy dish? Detergent? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe been. that's what it's the story behind. The I don't want to know. Spoiler! Spoiler! <laughs> it's alert. the story behind the dish detergent that's not Dawn don't or Cascade. Um, but anyway, just because of now the pedigree of them working together and stuff, this is another movie that has big award season uh, expectations on it. Um, and also, you know, they expect it to do well at the box office. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, unfortunately, I don't know how well the Tarantino's movies do box office-wise. Uh, I'm not I'm not into the numbers necessarily all the time, but I do know that the Hateful Eight comes out on Christmas Day as well. I am bare on Christmas Day, and I feel like that's where I need to be. You know, once... I cannot wait to see this movie. Um, this is Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell looks <laughs> awesome. Awesome. He's got movie. the mustache that we all wish we could. Oh have. my gosh! Yeah, it's amazing. It's just a thing of beauty. It's magnificent. Uh. Kurt Russell. Did you see when it Kurt Russell in that uh, cowboy zombie movie? No, it, it, the, in the, uh, the bro- yeah, Bone Tomahawk. Bone no, Tomahawk. not cowboy zombie, um, cowboy cannibal. 
Cowboy movie. Cannibal. That's right. The Indians are cannibals. Right. Yeah. I never saw that. And I, man, I, I, I read great things about it. I heard it. great Even things. One I'm going to look for on Netflix. Yeah. I heard great things about that movie. Um, Tim Roth is in this. It was called. Tim Roth, of course, is in this. Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, a lot of the old, uh, is, you know, again. Uh, Walton David... Goggins, if you, you know, The Shield mm -hmm. and. Um, and uh, oh, the movie, the TV show with Timothy Oliphant, where he played the uh, text, the the ranger, or no, the U.S. marshal, um, Justified. Mm -hmm. Walton Goggins was great in that. He, uh, but again, and this is you know, Tarantino has a few of his little uh, tricks of, of actors that he pulls out. You know, like your Samuel Jackson and, and your Tim Roth. He likes to go back with those guys. Um, these are basically a bunch of bounty hunters, right? They're they're eight notorious figures who all get snowed into a cabin mm -hmm. in, in like the middle of nowhere. Here's what I love about this movie: is it's uh, it's not a remake or a or an adaptation, is it? No, it's just his, I think it's just his own thing. Yeah, which is most of, if not all of Tarantino's stuff. You know, they also shot the movie in seventy millimeter. Which is like that old school, like back in the seventies, like the big prestige movies right. would be shot in seventy millimeters. So you get that really super wide picture mm -hmm. from it and stuff. You pretty much can't do it anymore because the digital projectors can't project it. Mm -hmm. um, so they've had they're doing uh, they're doing a special road show, which is they used to do these in the sixties and seventies. For big movies, they would kind of take them on tour around the country, mm -hmm. and you would get like, you know, a printed uh, program with it. There would be an overture at the beginning. There would be an intermission. You know, you would dress up for it and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're doing that. It's taking place over like two weeks, and they've wow. kind of specially retrofitted the theaters that they're going to be showing it in. That's cool. Well, yeah. Tarantino, like him or hate him, you got to respect a guy who does his own thing and has been doing his own thing. Uh, for all these years now, um, and and this is a movie that he almost didn't release, or he almost didn't end up doing because the script had leaked online or something. Yep. Uh, but uh, he's yeah, know, he threw a Taron tantrum. A t oh, well played. I got. I just coined that. Well, <laughs> well played. Threw a little fit over it and declared that uh, the movie was dead mm -hmm. and. Um, it was actually one of the actors that he let read it. Who, mm -hmm. I don't know if it was necessarily one of the actors who finally got cast in the movie, but it was an actor who let it slip, and he kind of, uh, you know, scolded him in public about that. Um, but came around to it. I'm glad he made it because it just looks fantastic. Yeah, Taren, you know, again, I don't know that he's someone I could hang with, uh, Tarantino, but the the way he tells a story is. It's it's always it's always original and engaging and so many times a throwback to whether it's those old grindhouse movies or like you said they're doing the roadshow style getting this one around to a few places the uh, the kung fu movies the what you know you see his love of different stuff the yeah. black exploitation you see it all come out in in what he does and he does everything in such an original way. Um, and, and just gutsy. I mean, just, there is a, there's a ballsiness to his art that is, um, 
you know, he's definitely not worried about being PC. Right, right. And uh, and and I and I love that because I think that there's something true to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I, I will never get tired of watching Pulp Fiction. I just think that movie is brilliant from beginning to end. It is just a masterpiece to me. It's uh, yeah. I love I love Pulp Fiction. I think it's uh, it's one of those that I can't not watch when it's on. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I go back to Reservoir Dogs. I, I love Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. You know, uh, the conversation there from the conversation they're having in the diner to to what happens. You know, when when everything goes down the wrong way. Uh, I like the Kill Bill movies. Um, I love the second one. I, I thought the second one was much better than the first one. Yeah. You know, just because you got into the story of it and all. Uh, well, and the, the the villains in the second one were more interesting, too. Mm-hmm. The, the, just the whole scene in Bud's trailer. Uh, Michael Madsen's great, dude. Oh, yeah. And he's in, he's in Hateful Eight also. Yeah. Of course um, he is. There's just some great stuff in uh, Kill Bill, yeah. too. Uh, Django Unchained was uncomfortable yeah but but still. had some great moments oh overall it's not my favorite of his movies it's not but it had some, uh, dude anytime you make the kkk look like a bunch of morons oh. was <laughs> that whole scene where they're just fussing about well my wife set up all night making these things <laughs> look we all appreciate the work your wife did all we're saying is is maybe we need to this time not wear the hoods and next time when someone comes back and does them right, we can do it then. Oh, man, I ripped mine. That something goes on. It's just hilarious. And Samuel L. Jackson's character in that movie yeah, is, is so good. But like I say, it's, it goes down to, I feel like, his gutsiness sometimes in some of the choices he makes. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, the, the Inglorious Bastards movie was one. It's like, nobody killed Hitler, but... He's like, well, I'm going to make a movie that yeah, says they just, did. Yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. And I really appreciate that. And it's and it's kind of like, again, for a lot of this listening audience, you know, this being a family-friendly show, for a lot of our family audiences and, and younger audience, these are not movies for you. The language is Sit there. down with the kids and watch yourself a Tarantino marathon. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't. There'll be no sex or nudity in them. Don't, but don't do plenty that. Plenty of four-letter words and lots and lots of violence. Lots of violence, yeah. But yeah, don't don't sit down. Brilliance everywhere. Don't sit down and watch a Tarantino movie with your kids. But I every will... one of his movies has just at least one scene that is just absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, Inglorious Bastards, the whole scene in the farmhouse at the beginning of the movie, just brilliant. Yeah. Well, that really, I don't want to say that put Christoph Waltz on the map. They put Christoph Waltz on the map. Yeah, it kind of did. Um, John Travolta, you know, his big comeback was Pulp Fiction. Resurrected. Yeah. Because of Pulp Fiction. Because of the one scene in the car with he and uh, and, and Samuel L. Jackson uh, talking about, you know, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. And there was I never some... understood why McDonald's just didn't jump on that and put out the Royale with oh. cheese. I don't either. I well, they did in France. Um, there was a. What you know was, why they call it a Royale cheese? Because they don't have the metric system. No, because they have the metric. Oh system. yeah, because of the metric system. Well, what do they call a Wop or Big Mac? Big Mac's a Big Mac. <laughs> there was a movie that Travolta. Well, and his soundtracks are just amazing. Oh also. yeah. 
Oh, sure they are. Yeah. Um, there was a movie that Travolta was in. I can't think of what it was. He played some kind of like mercenary. Um, oh yeah, I know. Was that the one where he had like the scarf? Yes. Yes, yes. that was. Uh, I think that was one of those Luke Besson written like Euro action movies. Right. Right. That, like you know all the all the older Hollywood stars were doing. But he played time. from Paris with Love. I think is what it was. Yes. Yeah. He played this character that he had the swagger of his character from Vincent ba- Vincent Baker. Yeah, he had he had the swagger of Vince, and it was just I it was kept ridiculous. It was ridiculous, I, but I really enjoyed it. I remember watching it, just really enjoying it, and then they did a shout out. It was it was honestly a shout out to that conversation. Because he talked a little bit about a Royale with cheese, <laughs> and I was just like, "I'm I'm down with this. It's it's worth a, it's worth a watch on a Saturday if you got nothing else to do. You know, it's one of those kind of things." But anyhow, uh, yeah. So hateful eight Christmas Day as well. I'm gonna take at least, I think my two older nephews. It's time to indoctrinate them into oh, Tarantino films. Um, I I think there may be a family type screening of Star Wars on that day. Um. And so yeah, I, I there's a good chance we'll have it too. Yeah, I don't know that I'll get to go see Hateful Eight on Christmas Day, but uh, but I, I definitely want to see it while it's out. Uh, and then Will Ferrell's got. Oh. Yeah, if all this stuff is too serious for you, we got Will Ferrell and Marky Mark are teaming up again, and for Daddy's home. That makes me happy. I'm not gonna lie to you. That I makes love me the happy. other guys. The other guys is so good. Again, another totally underrated movie. I think so, man. I think so. I'm a peacock captain. You gotta let me fly. <laughs> he's like, it's like I'm a lion and you're a tuna. Really, a tuna? <laughs> you think you can so, handle? <laughs> so in Daddy's home, Will Ferrell is the stepdad and has to deal with the kid's real father coming back to visit. And so it's basically just this competition between the two dads to win the affection of the children. And, you know, Marky Mark is the, the totally, like, buff-built, like, kind of badass guy. And Will Ferrell's the straight-laced, good husband who would never say a bad word or do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks pretty funny. I love Will Ferrell, by the way. I just, I love him. Did you see the thing he did on HBO with the baseball? Yes. The yeah, baseball? it was really good. <laughs> it was so good. Um uh, yeah, but to see these two team up again, I'm like you. I think that the other guys was underrated. And my friend Buck, who used to do the Big Honkin' show with me when it was on the radio, um, he uh, <laughs> he's he and I just, we quote Will Ferrell movies back and forth to each other. And he's kind of like Will Ferrell's long-lost child, <laughs> you know, right down to, like, his hair and everything. Um I like to think of Will Ferrell as a mischievous badger. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think of Will Ferrell wearing a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, I'm classy, but I like to party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and then there's also a Point Break remake coming out, but seriously, who cares about that? I'm just, all joking aside, I don't. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, it, it wasn't needed. 
you no. know, and then what they're doing doesn't look anything like it. You know, it's like, just name it something else. You know, I don't even think the main character's name is Johnny Utah. But how could it not? Uh, Johnny Utah is such a fantastic hero name. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's just in the world of remakes and redos. So, uh, sad in the chat says, Will was even good in Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost was actually really funny. Land of funny. the Lost was fantastic. It was actually really funny, especially if you're familiar with the old Sid and Marty Croft show. Dude, did you um, get deuced out? Nope. Did you get deuced out by a dinosaur? <laughs> oh, man. So, anyhow. I, just, I love when he gets bit by that giant mosquito thing and, like, his whole back is that huge welt. Yeah. <laughs> you just see the mosquito's abdomen getting larger and larger and larger. And Chaka. Mm, the whole... Chaka. The whole their high scene with Chaka is hysterical. They start to understand him, don't they? And that yeah. happens. Yes. Oh man. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a funny movie. I, that was one I saw way after the fact, and I was just like, "Why did I not see this sooner?" Um, I it was great. Uh, so that's December, and that's looking back at November. Uh, for everybody, um. It was uh, it, some good stuff coming out. Even you know, even if Star Wars wasn't coming, I think that December's got some good stuff. Yeah, there. some strong movies. So looking forward, starting with Krampus to Big Giant White Whale to a bunch of smart guys outwitting the big Wall Street banks, stealing all their money to Will Ferrell and Marky Mark teaming up again. Dude. I I didn't realize that was happening. I just, let me tell you, it's straight up serious business. I'm just, I'm sitting here. I'm reading through the little show notes. I'm taking it one movie at a time. I had read through this, but I just was kind of looking at the, when I got this email from you, I was just kind of looking at the, uh, the titles and, and looking a little bit at your descriptions. Um, I didn't even see until just now when I saw Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. That's like, I'm sold. That's all I needed to know. All I need to know. That's all I needed to know because I, I love the other guys so much. Um, Will Ferrell's another one I could just sit around. If I did a show about Will Ferrell movies, I would just end up quoting. It would just be a show of quotes. That needs to happen one time. <laughs> There's an hour for your marathon. That's right. <laughs> Steve. Quotes Steve Will quotes Ferrell. Will Ferrell. We just play it, and it's like but just you have random. to do it in a very serious voice. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you don't chew big red, <laughs> <laughs> we want to talk to you something about something really snow blindness and. <laughs> oh, there's so many good lines in Ballad of Ricky Bobby. There he is. There he is. Uh, yeah, I I love that movie. I love Anchorman. I liked Anchorman too. Um, Did you stab a man with a trident? Rick Rick killed a guy. Yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You should probably lay low or something <laughs> for a while. Oh man. Uh, so, dude, so good to have you on as always, oh, my friend. Yes, my friend. Uh, it's always a blast. Always a blast with you. Um, I and know. Wipe we'll be... me out with a little rock sugar. How you... am I gonna get any sleep tight? I'm gonna be I'm too sorry. pumped. I'm sorry. Uh, you gotta go out on a high note, bro. 
Gotta go on a high note. Um, start thinking about your uh, favorite movies of the year and what you're looking forward to in 2016. Yes, sir. We'll be doing the big wrap-up show for the year at least, either if not by the end of December, at the beginning of January. So looking forward to that. And I know we'll be talking at least off-air a lot in the upcoming days and weeks. Dude, two weeks from this moment right now, I will have seen it three times. Ugh. A movie that I never never thought dreamed, would happen, yeah. never dreamed it would happen. Yeah, I mean, guys, two weeks away from Star Wars: The Force Awakens Ugh. on the way, and there may be with the new year coming, there may be a uh, Geek Out Loud YouTube channel coming. Really? Yeah, I I got really into kind of showing off on the Instagrams, like the different toys and stuff I was picking up. So it's just gonna be a bunch of toy videos. It, that seems to be what works, man. <laughs> that seems to be what works. So, uh, uh, my nephew texted me a video uh, the other day of him holding like two six-inch Black Series figures. Yeah, and one was Stormtrooper Finn without the helmet on. Oh wow! And the other was Luke in Jedi robes. And I'm just like, what are these? Where did you get these? And like he totally had me reeling over him like i'm like what i'm like what like a luke figure already and it turned out he made them himself he just wow. took off of other figures and put them on there wow well, I, i've heard of people totally doing that freaked out i've heard of people doing that with the finn how did he do it with the luke i think he took uh an obi-wan figure uh-huh. and put a luke and put the luke head on how'd he get the beard it didn't have the beard, okay. which is another reason why I was freaking out. I'm like, I, I just didn't know what he had. Right. That's... Where did this come from? And, you know, I'm at work and getting this text message from him. And, uh, yeah, completely threw me for a loop. Well, uh, I, I'm keeping my eye out on those six-inch figures. I, I'm addicted and I love them. My and... nep- the youngest one has phasma. Oh! I, I just love bringing that up because every time I mention it to one of you guys, you go nuts over it because you don't have it. She eludes me. She eludes me like most she's women. She's really cool because she's super tall. Yes. I know. Her little figure is much taller than the other ones. But anyhow. Yeah, well, the big figure is taller, too. It's his, it's his new favorite figure right now. Hey, I did have a friend, a dear friend, and I know he, he talked over me so I couldn't say this when he was on the last episode. But Derek did for Christmas just up and send me an order for me, and I didn't ask him to it. It was unprompted. <coughs> the uh, Black Series Tie Fighter. Oh wow! That That's huge like thing, a, like an eighty-dollar gift or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It pays to be the gentleman ridiculous. podcaster about ten. Well, Derek's a dear friend. Ladies and gentlemen, support Steve. Derek just likes to win send, Christmas. Send him your toys. Derek just likes to win Christmas. So. Needy, needy podcasters like Steve can't afford their own toys. It takes viewers like you to make their dreams come true. Sometimes I hate you. <laughs> Speaking hey, of, I'm one of those viewers that made your dream come true. So. <coughs> That's right, man. That's right. Uh, speaking of supporting the show, shirt, shirt, shirts, man. Buy them for the holidays. Buy gifts for friends. At our T Public store, you can get to both of them by going to geekoutpodcast.com. There are Amazon links at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com. There's Fandango links 
at geekoutpodcast.com. Audibletrial.com slash geekout. Get someone you love an Audible trial, an Audible membership for the holidays. We're on the Twitter at Geek Out Loud. You can follow the entire Goliverse at Goliverse. Arish is at Darth underscore Duff. Uh, and I'm at uh, Steve Glosson on the Twitter and Instagram. More information about that YouTube channel coming soon. And uh, had to start I the music over. I would love to be able to buy a Pass the Corn t-shirt. Working on a Pass the Corn t-shirt, sir. Working on it. Woohoo! The email is geekoutonline at gmail.com. And, of course, on Facebook at facebook.com slash geek out loud come interact with us and hang out with us over there um erish once again buddy it's always good man it's had a blast fun, it's always a blast hope you have it's a good one a i can't wait to hear what you think of creed i'll text you around four o'clock i'm really four. nervous i'm really nervous i hope you love it so and i don't I'm, see how I'm you excited. couldn't i'm excited to see it until next time for air Chernevice, i'm steve gloss and we'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. I wanna take you there in the